and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Morning, everyone. Can you hear me? I don't know if I've got it on mute. No, great. Um, so, this morning, um, I decided to take a different route with how I approached my talk. So, I decided after my last talk I was going to do nothing. <laughs> I haven't gone deliberately out reading anything or researching anything or trying to find anything in particular. But what I've done is I've just done life... <laughs> And I've just gone with where I'm at, what I'm learning, what I'm thinking, what I'm listening to. And I started listening to all of the talks that Anth did in lockdown, because I didn't listen to many of them at the time, I'll be honest, and I wanted to go back and hear what was said. And I've just found them really fabulous, and they're really great talks. I really encourage you to go back and listen to them. A lot of them are only 20 minutes. And 20 minutes of something really profound that will really help you in your life and your journey. And what was interesting is a little thread came into my, my heart, mind, spirit, whatever you want to label that as. And it was, it was the concept of the Trinity, which is not my everyday kind of language, if any one of you knows me. Um, so I couldn't help but think that there's something in this. And then every time I listened to a talk, or you know, it's a, everything suddenly starts to connect with that. Um, and every talk I listened to of Amp, there was something in it that was a wonderful um, example of what I was thinking and where I was at. And so I thought, right, I'm going to go with this. Um, and, and, and nothing that I'm going to bring is particularly new, but it's just a, another way and take of looking at and understanding consciousness and spirituality. Because in, in my deconstruction of fundamental religion, if you want to call it that, or my journey in church and the deconstruction process that we went to, that in some ways I went a little bit far from even believing in a spiritual dimension. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm very interested in psychology and more how the brain and the body works and stuff, but I've come to believe again that I think there's a thing called the third dimension, and I believe in spirituality, and I believe in connecting to something that is bigger than us, and that could mean anything to any one of you in here. And you'll all have your versions of what that is. Um, but this morning, I just want to present to you a version that I've found. And so, going back to the Trinity, turns out that um, there's a power in the number three. Three's a thing. Um, and our humanity loves pattern, and it loves the pattern of three. And we love routine. And apparently, in psychology, the, the number three... Um, it, it, it's all about how our brain likes to process pattern and we look for these things and that, and that creates some sort of stability in us. We, we really like it. 
And the ancient Greek philosophers, is there some, some facts for you on the number three and the power of three? Is that the ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras said the meaning behind numbers was deeply significant and that the number three was considered the perfect number. Hey, we all thought it was seven, apparently it's three. The number for harmony, wisdom, and understanding. And it's also the number of time, past, present, future, birth, left, life, death, beginning, middle, end, morning, noon, night. Um, and it's meant to be the number of the divine. God, Jesus, the spirit. We've got blood, sweat, and tears, mind, body, and spirit. The rule of free and therapy, a grounding technique to identify three objects you can see, hear, and touch, because that's meant to help ground you. The rule of three in neuroscience, our brain seeks patterns and likes the structure of three to make complete sets. We like a little complete set, don't we? We like things to be satisfying. In literature, in literature, I'll forever be just tainted by the, the, the prin principle of alliteration. And we did it in lockdown, and it wasn't my thing. And my alliteration, my alliteration was, was probably unspeakable here. But we learned about, a lot about that in, in George's homeschooling, and the alliteration is about the power of three in writing. Um, we got three blind mice, three wise men, and their three gifts. The three bears, the three little pigs. Ready, steady, go. One, two, three, and ABC. And the resurrection story has three days. Good Friday, the middle day, resurrection day. The Bible says that the co a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Three brings stability and strength. A triangle is meant to be the strongest shape and represents sturdiness. Three points of contact is needed when you're working at height. It's seen as a method of stability. But... There's the drama triangle and the saying that bad things come in threes. There's actually a thing called triophobia, where you've got a fear of three. So it's not always a good thing, but there's still power in it. And I've come to notice the pattern, like I was saying, like listening to things. And I've already started to, to see the significance in that and how we operate. So that brings me nicely to the Trinity. So the Holy Trinity, Jesus, God, Jesus, Spirit. Got to get it in the right order, yeah? It's not actually mentioned in the Bible, the Trinity. Um, it's sort of loosely talked about by Jesus when he says, I am the Father and one, and he talks about the Spirit. But there's not actually anything biblically that says there is a Trinity. It's something that's been interpreted over the years. And there's been many versions of this presented to us over the years. But I'd like to focus on an interpretation which Anth brought in one of the talks I've been listening to. And it's, to me, it's a lovely way of life. A wonderful metaphor of how immersive and expressive and beautifully changeable the Holy Trinity really is. But first, I want to talk about the human trinity. Because I've come to believe that there's a human trinity that also has power. And as Eckhart Tolle, in his clip, touches on it, it's the trinity of the ego state. A power of three that we have, but, of not, but when it's not managed well, you ultimately come to conflict. And that's not necessarily conflict with people, it can be, but a conflict within yourself. 
Because um, if we only ever operate in the human trinity, which, just to quickly touch on it, and I'll go into more detail, is what's called the id, the ego, and the superego. And if we only operate in those three ego state, or those, the ego state of the trinity, the human trinity, then we're only, gonna, gonna, we're only ever going to do things based on our understanding and our experiences. And that can only take us so far. So the id, for example, is meant to be your impulse, your reactions, your instant sort of... Rah. And the ego is how we look to present ourselves to others. So that's very much what we operate in most of the time. It's how we then project who we are and present ourselves, how we want to be seen. And it's actually the only conscious part of the human trinity because you're consciously trying to be a certain way. And the super ego, I notice I do this a lot, I'm really sorry, I should have a motion sickness warning, because it's my nervous energy, sorry. Uh, so then we've got the super ego, which is our moral compass. This is where right and wrong has formed us. It's here that we have a strong sense of self from superiority right down to inferiority. Whether you're operating in an inflating sense of uh, of who you are, or you're down in the dumps in your inferiority complex. Either way, you're being self-absorbed or self-loathing, and managing yourself only from the limitations of your own experience and filters. And the human trinity actually deals in dualistic thinking. There's no power of three here, actually. It's two-dimensional thinking. And it operates from our psychological function systems, meaning we're always working with what has been presented to us by sight and experience. And this is where we learn how to behave, how to believe, and how to project. Now, I can't say that human trinity is bad. It's not. It's just who we are. It's in our makeup and our, and our, our functions, our psychology. And again, if I do that, I'm making something good and I'm making something bad. So it's not a bad thing. But the problem is, when you get stuck in dualist, dual, dualistic, dualistic thinking, <laughs> our experience and emotions, no matter what they are, have validity. But the moment we shift into what's driving us to be right and wrong, either or, um, this or that, we're ultimately going to crash and create conflict in ourselves. And as Eckhart Tolle says in the clip, the ego state will ultimately lead to that. And whether that's an inner conflict of my sense of self or an outer conflict. And I listened to an interview recently with Jada, I, th I might not pronounce this right, Yada, Jada Plunkett-Smith. She's Will Smith's uh, wife. Um, and she was talking about... So there was an incident that, if you don't know about this, where have you been? But there was an incident at the Oscars where Chris Rock was presenting and he was taking the mick out of Jada. And Will Smith got angry, came up, and punched him, basically. And he won an Oscar that day, and it's completely overshadowed the whole experience. And he's now been banned from going to the Oscars. And it was a real cancel culture moment where uh, uh, someone's, you know, th there, was this, there was this thing presented that then has just overshadowed so much of his life. And what I loved about the way she talked about it, she said, the thing with that moment is it was a layered moment. And I loved that expression. So what she meant by a layered moment is that when he was in that crowd listening to Rock, uh, Chris Rock, 
there was all sorts of other things and other experiences and other understandings and his moral compass was all layered by all this stuff that then when something happened like that that triggered him, it created a, a conflict and an impulse in him that he, couldn't, he didn't control. And I love that idea of the layered moment because we can do that so easily when we're operating in the human trinity, just the human trinity, is that we can layer our moments and everything we do and we measure is based on our past experiences, our understandings and our moral compass that we've created based on all the rights and wrongs. And what can happen is that can bring you to that place of a layered moment which then can really impact you and maybe not leave you feeling that great. But I believe there's another way. You have to go deeper, this is Eckhart Tolle, you have to go deeper than your mind and beyond the realms of good and bad to reach within yourself to find the stillness of God. In one of the many talks I've listened to these last two weeks, Anth described spirituality as, and I love this, our dynamic opportunity for a new experience. A dynamic opportunity for a new experience. Faith in the divine and the spirit and the third dimension is our dynamic opportunity for a new experience. We limit or prevent those new experiences when we're unwilling to go beyond our own understandings and experience and seek to focus on the dualistic thinking. Once, what was once inspired becomes static. What was creative becomes normalized. What was a revelation can become a ritual if you don't keep moving and keep evolving. And what felt visionary can become a status quo. It's so important to stay inspired and connected to divine creativity. You can't have inspiration yourself. You have to be inspired. So if you're only ever operating what you know, you're never going to find that inspiration because inspiration comes from outside of you. Being awake to consciousness to create impact and momentum. Back to Will Smith. I then listened to an uh, interview with Will Smith himself, and he was talking about the richness of the moment. And I, and I loved that as well. And he was saying how he's trying to learn to live in the richness of the moment. Not the layered moments, but the moment. Where he's full in his hellos, the richness of his goodbyes and his thank yous, the real... I'm not just busying in life and just trying to make things fit, just the real presence in the moment, because that's where the divine resides, the stillness of God. And that can mean many things, as I've said. You know, the energy, the seat of consciousness, the Christ center, the awakened heart. It's a state of being that reaches farther than our ego state can. It's literally beyond ourselves, yet within us all. Eckhart Tolle, you do not become good by trying to be good, but finding the goodness that is already within you and allowing that goodness to emerge. And I've come to believe that once you reach the end of your human trinity and our two-dimensional way of viewing the world of right and wrong, that, the, that they, we start seeing beyond and inspired by that third dimension, the spirit, the eternal, the divine, the flow, and it's here when we find that divine in trinity, divine trinity, 
and truly awaken to be inspired by a source beyond our own self. And it's here, and I'm going to discuss this next, that we learn true rest and contentment, no matter how painful life can be. It's what we need it to be in any given experience and only seeks to help us evolve beyond what we have ever known was possible, as there are no boundaries. That's the good news of the Holy Trinity. I was watching The Shack this week, and I'm going to share a clip from it. And for those of you who are not familiar with, with the story of The Shack, it's, it's about a character called Mackenzie who has experienced a lot of trauma in his life. And um, he has to go back to a shack which has caused him great pain and darkness in his life. And in that shack, he's presented to the Trinity in a very new way of what his version was fed to him. And he has to go within the darkness of his shack to find the divine and open himself up to the dynamic opportunity of a new experience. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more next. But in this clip from the film, we find Mac realising his dualistic way of measuring has limits, and perhaps he should open himself up to a new kind of trinity and be part of a conversation with friends. I thought he was better explaining that word than me. The sacred dance. The sacred dance, I love that. What to me in the shack is really significant in Mac's journey is to see a new version of who God is. So in the clip that I showed you before, he's actually talking to the spirit. So in the film, you've got God presented as a, as a, 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 a woman, like a motherly figure. You've got Jesus as a bit of a mate, and, but a kind, loving friend. And then spirit as sort of a gardener, um, wise sort of woman. Um, but his upbringing and his experiences and the trauma had led him to a version of God and Jesus and the spirit that, that let him down. And once tragedy struck and his whole world was shaken to the core by the abduction and murder of his daughter, his version of God didn't come through for him. And some of us in here today and online may have had experience, similar experience. You may have stopped trusting, trusting it because it's let you down. And where our version of what we had become to and believe in the Trinity was and did for us just didn't meet the grade when it needed to. And it's in that disappointment and grief that we can step away from the divine and its influence as we've simply stopped trusting it. But the whole point of Mac going back to his shack, and it's meant to be a metaphor of the inner shack, our inner issues, inner darkness, is to show him how his version didn't work for him because it was never the version he was supposed to be upholding. So he's invited by Papa, God, to come to the shack, and it's here that he has a dynamic opportunity for a new experience. It's undeniable there are versions of the Trinity that perhaps don't scratch the itch for some people. But the metaphor of the sacred dance, so cleverly explained by Anth there, is such a wonderful interpretation for me of something that feels a lot more immersive 
and feels what can be the dynamic opportunity for some of us this morning for a new experience of the Trinity. Are you in a place, are you in a place where you need to revisit your inner shack, find a new experience? Has your version of the Holy Trinity left you feeling disappointed in turmoil? Only you can make that call, and I invite you to consider this version of the Trinity in the sacred dance. I love it. To me, it gives the Trinity momentum and rhythm. The Trinity portrayed as an interactive, immersive experience that we can be within and part of, togetherness and connectedness, moving and merging our humanity with the divine like the mixing of colours to make a new shade or the combining of rain and sun to create something beautiful. This version is fluid and open. It's an evolution of all my humanity, my ego trinity, my impulsive reactions, my control and my moral compass, all let go and dispersed in a sea of inspiration and creativity. This way, the trinity becomes what I need it to be in any given experience. For Mac, it was a kind, nurturing woman or a strong, kind father. Jesus' friend and comfortable space, and the Spirit as his guide. What does Trinity need to be for you? Your comforter? Your healer? Your honest friend? Your loyal companion? I like the idea of a dance with three beings and energies, but all dancing to the same sound. It might be that God takes the lead and brings truth and wisdom. It might be that Jesus takes your hand and shows me how Christ is the beat we dance to. Or perhaps it's the spirit that needs to be up front, teaching me new steps, a new routine, bringing fresh ideas and creativity, helping me push beyond the limitations and glide and flow. I just love, I love the metaphor of the dance. The dance of my humanity with the divine. And by living this way, I can take my pain and darkness, my sadness and uncertainty, my doubts and curiosities and express it, feel it, move it, turn to it in the flow of faith and spirit, the rise and fall of a waltz, the romance of a rumba, the drama of a tango. Ant described the Trinity as not a thing to be defined, but a verb to be lived. Dancing is a doing, isn't it? Some of our older versions of the Trinity became definable, but perhaps they were never meant to be. It's a verb to be lived, makes it changeable, adaptable, evolve, create. Be still and know that I am God. Be still in your mind and thinking and let your soul dance with the divine. And then Paul in Corinthians brings this home for us in a wonderful analogy of a powerful three. A three that we need to embrace by stripping back the noise, the application of the dance, the expression. These three remain when we strip it all back. Faith, hope, love. After all else, our understanding, our ego trinity, our divine dance, our stillness, these things are alive at the core. Faith, hope, and love. And this is how we can apply it practically. Faith, a gripper inner conviction 
that all is well and all will be well. A dynamic opportunity for a new experience. Hope, the confident expectation that the last word has not yet been spoken. And even then it's not. A dynamic opportunity for a new experience. Love, unconditional affection received and given with no limits or conditions, where worth is not determined by your works. Love is given to you regardless, and it's, you simply receive it. A dynamic opportunity for a new experience. First comes love, and then hope is produced out of that sense of love. And then faith works within the material of hope, because without hope you can't have faith. How can you have faith for something without hope? And how can you have hope without knowing love? The three just combine. And if we connect it to the divine trinity, if you like these sort of analogies, God, God is the love. God is, he, he is love. It is love, energy, whatever you want to label it as. Jesus, Jesus brings us the hope, the hope that I and the Father are one. He's the example and the hope that we are the sons of God. We can connect with love. We are love. We can express it. We can be conscious in it. We can connect with the Christ. It's wonderful. This is good news. The Spirit, the Spirit brings the inspiration. It brings the creativity. It takes you beyond. It shows you possibilities within yourself. It starts with love and expresses itself through hope, which Jesus showed we have. The dynamic opportunity for a new experience. Eckhart Tolle said, you have to go deeper than your mind and beyond the realms of good and bad to reach within yourself to find the stillness of God. Be still and know that I am God. There is a stillness that needs to happen in order for the eternal power to flow. There is something in us that needs to rest. But it's always been at rest. On the seventh day, God rested. Jesus rested on the middle day of the resurrection story. There's an importance in rest. The resurrection story shows us another power of three. There's loads. This is great that we can apply. Death, rest, resurrection. Something needs to die in order for us to rest. Static beliefs, status quo, the moral compass of our historical experience, the layered moment. Rest. You can call it consciousness, awareness, the true nature of life itself. But it was what we were always designed to be, at rest. That's where the Trinity, the divine Trinity, the dance, it's in the rest. Seeds need to rest in order to grow. Laying to rest things that don't serve us makes space for that dynamic opportunity for a new experience. There's a guy I follow called Jeff Foster who has a really good take on what rest is. I'm not exactly sure he is. He's like a spiritual sort of guide kind of person. And he describes rest as not a destination and it isn't a goal. Because that's what we can do sometimes. Even in what I'm telling you today, we can try, right, okay, this is what I need to do to then be this, so then I don't feel like this, and then I'm not unhappy, and my sadness goes. And what we're always trying to do is trying to fix stuff and make it go away. Maybe that's what we're doing wrong. And he presents a different idea, that maybe you need to turn towards what you are feeling and being and working with it and not against it. 
trying to get rid of something can just cause the inner conflict because then you get back into the human trinity where you try and make it work, make it fix, and then you just... And you get this inner conflict. It's the battle of where I want to be in reality to where I am. Faith doesn't or shouldn't take you out of that experience but help you breathe within it. Rest isn't a goal, it's your awakening. The shalom. The peace of God within conflict. Rest in the restlessness. Rest is the allowing. Even writing these notes, I had a real conflict last night and I was feeling really nervous and really anxious and what I tend to do is then load a load of content in it to make myself feel better and think, well, that sounds clever and that'll be really great, instead of just saying, I'm just nervous and that's okay. I just feel anxious. Stop trying to fight it. Just be it. Be anxious. Because actually, when you start allowing yourselves to, like I've spoken before, feel these emotions, you can then pass through them to the next thing and that's where your healing and your growth happens. It's not by trying to make it go away or like loading it with toxic positivity of it's fine, it's great, you know, or like making so much of a joke of it, it, it dilutes it. Just be it. That's rest. And that is the richness of the moment. I just wanted, uh, I asked Danny to put the lyrics to End of Me on the screen today, because I think when you actually read it, it's fabulous, and it really connects with what I'm saying. It's okay, this is just the end. Don't be afraid, because that's where it begins. Everything here had to fall apart because in the ruins of a broken heart, I found peace like a river to attend my soul, hope running over when I let go. I found joy that was hidden for all these years and a love overflowing to wash over everything here at the end of me. It's all right, we're not alone. We don't have to fight the very things that might lead us back home. We don't have to fix them. Don't fight them. Because every, every wound here is a place to start the healing of a broken heart. The end of me is not the enemy. It's where mercy gets the better part of me. And it's where love was always leading me. I think we're more authentic when we accept where we are and let it exist. It's important to have aspirations, don't get me wrong, and to want to be better and not feel sad. But the human trinity is just going to try and fix that. Dancing with the divine allows us to be present and to be in the dance we're in, but trusting that the faith, hope, and love will bring us rest. It's this authentic state that true healing and growth can take place. And I'm just going to now share with you my final clip. Hey, look, I thought I'd be short today. <laughs> And it's the final scene, well, one of the final scenes in the shack where Mac has to lay to rest his pain. And in that, something beautiful can grow. When Mac turns to his pain and his sadness and lets them breathe, he can finally lay it to rest. Something beautiful can grow when there's beauty in the letting go of all the boundaries we have created to protect ourselves. And as God so beautifully says in this last clip, it's good for the body to let the healing waters flow. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>